Hello, welcome to the Why God Why podcast. We are brought to you by Browncroft Community Church. We are part of the Lumavaz network of podcasts through Saddleback Church. We exist to respond to the questions you don't feel comfortable asking in church. I am here with our remarkable producer, Nathan Yoder, and uh, my fantastic friend and co-host, Aaron Mercer. Thanks, Peter. It's good to be on here with you. I know. I'm excited about our conversation today. I know. We have an in-person conversation about artificial intelligence. And it's a real conversation. We're not just having some... (laughs) some algorithm do the do the talking for us it's for real in case you're not watching online you might just be listening and wondering yeah whether you're watching on youtube or listening on your podcast network we are um (laughs) we are doing the question uh why is there spiritual significance to ai artificial intelligence i am glad to have chayton kona who actually attends browncroft and works in this sector and so we're looking forward to have a fun conversation aaron uh what do you what do you think before we throw it to Chayton? No, I think this is going to be a, a, a great conversation. Chayton, I really appreciate you being on here. Um, it's just a, a blessing to have you and have your your insights here. I mean, artificial intelligence it's a it's a word that gets thrown around a lot nowadays. Um, but I think you know if there are a lot of people like me, um, probably wonder what does that mean and what do you do with it. Um, you know, I've even I've looked a little bit into it, but even for me, I kind of feel like whoa, you know. What, what do we do with this idea of uh, machine learning, deep learning, whatever? I don't even know. Are we talking about iRobot here? You know, the Will Smith movie? I don't know. What do, what do we do with this? So I think it's going to be fun. But uh, anyways, yeah, Chayton, we really appreciate you being here. And um, would love to, I mean, Peter, do you want to just love Chayton, get a little brief about him first before oh, yeah. we get into it? Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Tell us your story. Uh, well, first of all, thanks very much for having me on, guys. And, uh, you know, I ran into Peter in the hallway a couple Sundays ago, and he mentioned that a number of people from my small group have been on here. So, of course, I then immediately started binge listening to the episodes <laughs> of my small group uh, compatriots. And it's a weird experience to be on a plane and listening to friends of yours on a podcast and their voice comes through so... Uh, remarkably, uh, you know, clearly. So, uh, no, uh, again, pleasure to be here. Uh, artificial intelligence is a is a fast moving topic, right? But, um, you know, you asked a little bit about me, right? So I first started attending Browncroft in 1997. I was probably 21 years old and, uh, you know, have been here, I guess it's been over 25 years, right, since then. And so, um, you know, have the joy and privilege of um, being in a small group with a number of other people that that attend here. Um, I also serve in children's ministries. So it's been a wonderful um, journey meeting a number of wonderful people, yourselves included, in, in that uh, in that journey. And, and for me, I, I first came to faith uh, attending a Christian elementary and high school in Connecticut, which is where I'm from. And uh, I started there primarily because uh, where I lived, uh, probably on the wrong side of the tracks, right? And so public schools weren't really a particularly great option, uh, at least viewed by my parents. And so it was viewed more uh, as a, what's the best education I can give my child as opposed to a um, more of a uh, like kind of a religious or spiritual driven reason. But, you know, I got that uh, along for the ride and I'm very glad that I did. I'm eternally blessed that I that I did. And so um, that was really the, the start of my faith journey. Oh, wow. Well, we're probably going to jump in a little bit more of your personal story with this, but let's just talk about this. I, I first saw like, you're like a big deal on LinkedIn. You probably won't say that. I will. 
And like I saw all these searches, notifications about Chayton Kona on AI. So tell us a little bit about how you got involved in this sector of the marketplace and just how you've landed where you are today. Sure. Well, certainly there are a lot of people that know more about AI than I do, right? Um, I'm blessed to be able to work alongside a lot of very talented people, a lot of people that are on, you know, the cutting edge of, of the trends and technology. Uh, you know, for me, um, a lot, uh, you know, my role is really to uh, take technology and apply it to certain applications. In my particular case, um, a lot of industrial, a lot of medical, a lot of like smart city type applications. And so there's a lot of AI that's used in a lot of those applications. And so that's kind of where I've uh, intersected that whole field. Hmm. Can you, can you, uh, you know, drill down a little bit, maybe give us an example of, we hear the, we hear AI, uh, we hear artificial intelligence. I mean, is there, what would be your basic definition of that? And then what's, what's a, as a follow-up to that, what's some place where the average person would interact with artificial intelligence and might not even know it every day. Absolutely, Aaron. Yeah, so, I mean, we have lots of interactions with AI all throughout, and, and, and AI has a lot of different terms, right? Artificial intelligence, you hear machine learning, deep learning. Um, this is really a new style of algorithm that has emerged over, it's actually been around for many, many decades, but really come into prominence. And I think a lot of the drivers for that is, uh, the amount of computing horsepower that we all have, right? I mean, I think we've all heard the story that the amount of computing um, capability that we carry in our pockets in the form of our phones these days, you know, far exceeds the biggest mainframes from a few decades ago, mm -hmm. right? And so uh, with this sort of explosion of computing, there's now new ways to go ahead and execute and develop certain algorithms and certainly AI uh, as we know it today is, is a way a way of that but I mean there's also you know a marketing aspect to it right people love to uh, call everything AI because I think right now there's a uh, a trend toward maybe you're you know you get more business interest or your stock valuation goes up, right? If you're in, you know, uh, dealing in, in AI, kind of like for those of us old enough, right? That were around at the, uh, the turn of the century with, um, internet, right? People put I in everything mm -hmm. because they wanted to show the uh, financial community that they were a progressive company. Even some things that we take for, for granted right now, like the original iPod was, was there that I was there for internet enabled. And so, in technology marketing circles, right, you'll see the you know people tend to latch onto these big megatrends. But in truth, to to answer the other part of your question, there is a lot of a lot of uh, AI that we use on a day to day basis. We may and may not know it, right? Um, it extends to things like our Spotify playlist, uh, you know, to Netflix recommendations, to natural language processing, which is used with like Siri or Google or Alexa, where you know you're you know. I can say something and we're all here in the Northeast, but obviously, you know, our friends from, you know, the down South or people that speak an entire different language, right? Um, the algorithms have to basically understand what they're saying and, you know, produce a, a proper response. And so AI is used in all of those things. Interesting. And we hope that you're using your uh, Alexa devices to listen to the Why God Why podcast by Browncroft Community Church. So <laughs> if that turns it on. So let me just have some fun because we're friends. Um, 
So I feel like there's two things like that you probably get asked all the time. Number one, Big Brother's always listening to us. And then number two, the robots are going to take over. So from someone that kind of works in the field, just process with us how you kind of engage that. Because obviously you're seeing the benefits. You're probably seeing some other things. But how would you kind of talk with people as someone that's on the inside as opposed to the outside? Sure. Well, I, I would say first and foremost, you know, as we stand here in early 2023, there we are a long way away from robots taking over the world and making slaves of all of us. So, you know, <laughs> now with that said, you know, the uh, progression of technology, especially in the field of AI, is um, is growing rapidly. Right. And so uh, even though we're far away from it today, right, if someone's listening to this in five years or 10 years, we may be, you know, significantly, you know, closer to that. But I, I think there's a couple different things that we have to kind of keep in perspective. Number one, um, you know, I, I oftentimes like to take a sanity check, right, from certain technologies out there. We all drive vehicles, right? And obviously autonomous driving is a, is a hot topic these days, right? And from people that are, you know, live in those circles, you know, know that making a self-driving car uh, is very, very difficult. And actually someone to once told me, the more I learn about self-driving cars, the less I'm convinced it's happening anytime soon. And so <laughs> a lot of the same sort of AI processing is, uh, is, is involved in that. And so, you know, if, if someone doesn't know how to safely make a left turn at an intersection, you know, I feel pretty comfortable that I'm not going to be enslaved by that thing. Cause I'm just going to take left-hand turns all the time and <laughs> run away from it. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's funny. Well, I, but I, I mean, obviously that's, that's definitely something, you know, in the popular mind, people, people wonder about that. Um, or, you know, even if it's as simple as computers can start to, to block you out of things or whatever, but, um, yeah, I mean, there's so, there's, I mean, there's so much, um, that you mentioned the, the, the driving, but there's certainly other things I know people are wrestling with or thinking about now, um, you know, there's a lot of, just to jump off of Peter's question, I mean, there's, there's, there's concerns about deep fakes and things like that. Or, or, um, we were talking before we started the podcast about the chat. What was that? What is chat GPT? Yeah. Chat GPT. It's a very, uh, popular, uh, AI model, uh, that's used for a variety of different things. You know, we were talking about a legislator that actually developed legislation using uh, legislation to regulate AI using AI, which is <laughs> an interesting, uh, you know, kind of, um, break your mind sort of concept, but, uh, uh, no, no. I mean, I think first of all, first and foremost, I mean, I think privacy and human rights comes first. And I do think that as new technology evolves, there comes a point in time. And I think the time is is now or, or very very soon that you know we are going to need some regulations uh, put in place because you know gone unchecked uh, you can you can do a lot of things right I mean I may be searching for um, how to improve my Excel Microsoft Excel skills you know with AI uh, somebody else might be searching for you know how to uh, take over a small country using AI right <laughs> so there's there's um, you know a lot of different uses. So on on that, like, I guess maybe to go a little further on, I mean, you know, I think we can always have people, there's always, you can always think of worst case scenarios about any technology that's developing. And, but then there's always, often there's a lot of, uh, a lot of pluses that we should, maybe we're not even thinking about yet. Um, 
you know, where do you see the most promise with what is happening in, in AI right now? What what are you excited about on things that it can help people with? Well, especially from my perspective, I think some of the biggest benefits of AI come in the areas of healthcare, right? I think that technology should be used to help people. And what better way to help people than, you know, in the field of medicine and, and people's health and, and improve the quality of their lives and help them live longer. And so I think that, you know, you see lots of advancements in AI to help double check doctors, right, to make sure that they don't miss something that they might otherwise uh you know, mistake for something else or, you know, whether it be false, uh, false positive or false negatives. Um, but, uh, you know, I, so I think that there's a lot that can be done there, but there's also a lot that can be done in to improve the quality of day-to-day -day life. I mean, again, you know, let's not discount the, the ability to be able to ask Siri, you know, what's the weather tomorrow? Or, you know, be able to be turned on to a new band because you like a particular type of music and you get a suggestion for something mm -hmm. else. So the little things add up, but also there's the potential for some very, very big things. Mm -hmm. So I've been thinking about this more than I thought I would, which is surprising to me because um, we have a couple friends of the podcast, uh, Neil Smith and um, Aaron Magnuson. They do the church social media podcast and they've been talking a lot about AI and there's another guy named Kenny Jing. And, you know, so these are kind of the things that I'm struggling with. And I actually look to both of you because people don't know, like Aaron has a whole website about like communications. So just, I want to throw that out there. But so I understand like, even with this podcast, I use an app called Headliner. Headliner actually creates a, like a, it's a audiogram clip that it just takes it from like about an hour after this episode goes live, it's going to create that. And so people think that I spent a ton of time on that. And it's like, no, like it literally just created this out of this conversation. Um, there's certain things that I do where like it just creates, you know, a, a system creates a spreadsheet for me as opposed to like typing it in and where some of the AI is going, not just to write bills, but I think about as like a pastor, I don't mind like write having an email done by AI. Frankly, there'd probably be less mistakes. I could send it to Aaron and Aaron would edit it even more, but you know, like at what point, like a sermon by AI or like a book by AI, I don't know, like it, the book thing is very different because it's like Peter Englert and arty artificial intelligence. So I guess I'm trying to kind of process like even just the plagiarism side of it because there's definitely, I'm benefiting from some of that. But then there's also this other side where I don't want to put my name to something and have people not trust me that I did it. Yeah, and and by the way, I mean you can you you talk about uh, writing emails or writing books. I mean, also uh, fantastic works of art are also being created by AI. You know, as we speak right now, there's a whole new class of artists that are being developed that are, I would say, not your traditionally trained artists, but they're you know, it's one of those things where they know what they like and they can kind of uh, you know have the AI engine move in a direction to create the the art that they like. And so that that is another area where. Um, you know, what you talk about, where it's like, who owns it? And is it, was it really created by Peter Englert or, you know, or how much of it and how much attribution should be given? So I think those are, those are issues. And among a series of ethical issues, um, some 
being extremely serious and some being less serious that are all being debated right now. And one of the cool things about it is, you know, I think we as a society have moved forward quite a bit from, let's say, the 80s, for example, right? And I sort of shudder to think what if AI existed to the extent that it does today in the 80s, what we would do with it, right? Because I think we're less uh, less refined and mature as a, as, a, as a society. I think like right now, for example, there are lots of different um, groups out there. There's like um, uh, nonprofit groups that talk about, you know, ethical AI and, uh, you know, really spend a lot of time and a lot of care exploring all the secondary and tertiary um, impacts of it. But, you know, I don't know that I have a great answer to, you know, your, your, your direct question or what, what people would do about it right now. But I think that certainly at the very least, it's worth a byline uh, that it was, uh, you know, particular work of art or a uh, particular uh, book was written in, in conjunction with AI. Mm. So just one quick follow-up to that, because I actually think this is a little bit more practical, and this is kind of the zone that you're in, um, spreadsheets. So I think there's some boomers that lament that some millennials, why would I create a spreadsheet? I can just have someone else do it. And like in your... In your experience, that tension of the quick fix versus actually like doing the work to kind of master it and under, do you think we're missing something or is it opening us up to other things or how do you process it? Because I think that's a lot of the medical healthcare field. Well, and I think it's a it's probably also a good time to sort of um, explore that in the context of maybe explaining how AI works just a little bit, right? And so the way AI works is you throw tons and tons of data at it, right? So you you throw just immense amounts of data. That's why who you know, typically in AI, whoever has the most data has the most effective AI because you've got the most things to compare. So, you know, if um, I have, you know, five pictures of Peter Engler, you know, um, maybe some as a teenager, maybe some as an adult, maybe, you know, with a beard, maybe you without a beard. You, you don't want that. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. But, but you know, we can maybe, you know, sort of uh, pick you out of a crowd in one scenario. But if we had a thousand pictures of Peter Engler, then, you know, maybe we wouldn't want that either. But, you know, we would have a much stronger, you know, algorithm, right? And so, um, so I mean, that's how AI works is you throw a lot of data at it, and which is why, you know, I mentioned earlier, um, computing horsepower is like a key enabler to, to AI because you, 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 you need all that to sort of work in conjunction with each other. And so um, you, whether it's writing a book, whether it's uh, creating a spreadsheet, it's really kind of based off of lots of data. What are the best practices? Like right? mm-hmm. what's considered good? Like what is a, again... Uh, you know, something that you're actually, you know, trying to attain versus something that's a false positive or a false negative. And it's sort of refining. And so, you know, to to your original question, what's sort of happening is, is like people are leveling up in terms of like, if you can make higher level decisions because the lower level decisions are, you know, sort of automated Mm. for you, right? Um, You know, it's, it's, it's like anything in life, right? I mean, you know, many of our parents and uh, our grandparents probably drove a stick shift, right? And then the automatic transmission came along, right? And, you know, you you see some car enthusiasts still driving a stick these days, but more often than not, everyone's, you know, driving in in, an automatic. And so um, no one wants to deal with that anymore. And trust me, we don't have too much of it here, but if you're in a big city, uh, and with a lot of traffic, you definitely don't want to be, you know, kind of shifting, shifting up and down all the time. Um, and so it's just the, it's sort of the natural evolution of things. Like you, you uh, 
don't do the more uh, laborious, smaller tasks, and you kind of offload that. And I think that's kind of what AI is uh, sending us down the path of. And it it rubs people the wrong way, right? You know, the folks of us that are uh, have been around a little longer, you know, appreciate the value and uh, of of doing things kind of the quote unquote old fashioned way. But um, yeah, you know, people that are you know younger and, and newer to the scene don't really see the value of that. So what? I guess following up on that a little bit, and thank you for giving a little bit more um, description of what AI is or what, you know, you throw a lot of data at it and it it has the horsepower to be able to sort through that data and has algorithms that helps it select the right response. So what what separates besides just maybe it's just more computing power, but what separates AI or deep learning or machine learning or whatever it, it is that we're whatever area of AI what separates that from like kind of what we would consider now basic computing? Like you can put things into a computer or into a calculator and a response comes back and hopefully it's the right response. But like, is this just a much more complicated version of that or is there something more creative about it? So it's a different approach to, but at the end of the day, it's an algorithm, right? And um, an algorithm is an algorithm, whether it's a simple calculator or it's, uh, you know, some high powered, um, you know, uh, piece of AI, the approach that's used for that, um, is going to be different, but at the end of the day, you can, you know, loosely classify everything as an algorithm. It's still, um, you know, inputs dictate the output. Mm. Let, let's move to kind of the spirituality of all of this, because mm. this is kind of, and maybe you can give a little bit more to your story. Um, from what you said, your family didn't grow up Christian. Um, and so how does kind of faith work? Because I, I think that some people would think you work in AI and you're a Christian. Um, and just that doesn't seem like a great relationship. Um, but I'm not sure if there's any religion out there that would say like, oh, yeah, like this works with. So you know, take us back to your faith journey and kind of how you've engaged this as a follower of Jesus and how it's kind of shaping the way that you're thinking about it. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I think that any sort of unknown, and I think technology can certainly fit into this category, um, can sort of be a reflection of your view on God and you know, his sovereignty and the fact that he's in control of things, right? Because I think that at the end of the day, you know, if you fundamentally believe that God is in control and that all things do work together, um, you know, for his will, uh, you know, it helps you sort of sleep better at night, you know, in the face of uncertainty. And uncertainty can be anything. Uncertainty could be, you know, if you're a student, you know, the test that you have to take tomorrow, or, you know, if you're someone else, you know, of some of the different technology trends that are out there. Um, I, and I think from my perspective, I can, I can say that I was in Silicon Valley earlier this week. And um, unfortunately, I attended a funeral um, for a colleague of mine mm -hmm. that passed away, unfortunately, way too early. But I got to see a lot of folks, folks that I work with on a day-to-day -day basis, as well as folks I hadn't seen in over 20 years, right? But it was interesting because it was the first time I had seen a lot of these people in a chapel, you know, you know, and, you know, the number of people that could do 
simple things like recite the Lord's Prayer, right? So I guess I want to, you know, debunk the myth that, um, you know, people in technology aren't Christians. There are, uh, <laughs> there, there are quite a few of us out there, and um, and we 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 believe that all knowledge is the Lord's knowledge, right? And um, and uh, you know, the one is not mutually exclusive from the other. Uh, far from it, right? I think that. Uh, he has given us uh, a great curiosity and a great set of skills to unlock a lot of mysteries of the universe. And, and we're certainly doing that with, uh, with AI. We're doing that with a lot of other things. I, I, um, no, thank you for sharing that. I think that we, we've had, we've had a few conversations about that too, about, um, in this podcast about, uh, you know, there, you're like you said there's a lot of good people working on technology and there's a lot of good i think that was important that we talked about good ways that we can use it and how i think ministries will use it at some point too already using it really um i'm, I'm curious what you think you know someone who's i know you i know you you would say there's probably a lot of engineers and whatnot who they know the nitty-gritty of things um but you're you know a lot and I, I really like this conversation. I, where do you think, where do you think AI is heading? Um, and you know, I, I don't know what, I guess one of the more, when I read the question that we had for this, this podcast, I think one of those philosophical questions that's out there sometimes we see it in, um, books, we see it in movies, we see it in what, you know, do you think, I mean, is there any, at any point can AI develop its own personality or some some form of that i mean I, I know that we're lumping in a lot of stuff when you say ai but is there what what do you think about that what do you or if what do you think about that and what do you also think about even people's struggle with that when they're people are wrestling with that well i i think first of all it's important to note that god uses all technology for uh for his purposes right if you go back in time Right. I mean, if I go way back in time, right to the invention of the alphabet and the invention of paper and the invention of wit written world, wit writ the written word, we can see that, uh, you know, obviously uh, Ten Commandments. Right. If there's no alphabet, there'd probably be no, no Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, if there were no roads, which, again, people don't think of roads as technology, but the, the gospel wouldn't have spread in, yeah. in Paul's day. Right. right. Um, you look at what we're doing right now, which is a, a podcast, which is, uh, you know, being distributed over the in Internet. Right. People thought, um, you know, smartphones were, you know, uh, you know, something unnatural right but it's 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 you you can see the good and the bad right technology is a tool right yeah. like a lot of things right and it can be used for lots of different purposes but um never forget that all technology will be used uh you know for the god for for god's work and um and and we should never lose lose sight of that um you know to to your uh you know to your specific question in terms of where we see uh you know kind of ai going uh, you know, and and where do we, you know, do we see kind of a sentient um, sort of uh, life form? I think right now, again, being that at the core, it's an algorithm, you're always going to get uh, a sort of a copied response. Now, you can get very, very sophisticated, right? If, you know, if I could, uh, you know, duplicate the, the charm of a Hollywood actor, right? And then I use that to program my AI model, you could probably approximate the, the, the charm of, you know, somebody like that, or, um, you know, the, the singing voice of, uh, of somebody that, you know, is, is uh, got a great voice. So these are all things, but again, 
um, the purest ability to not just, um, you know, take a bunch of data and sort of apply it at the right time because you've kind of recorded it and you've kind of uh, know when to pull out a particular card um, is, I think, something still for as far as I can tell and see into the future is something that is going to be, uh, you know, uniquely human, right? And, and I, I call that our soul, right? And, and our, that, mm. that ability, you can approximate spontaneity, but, you know, humans are really unpredictable creatures, right? <laughs> as we know, right? And we're capable of a lot of good and we're capable of a lot of bad. Um, and and I, I dare say that um, the randomness of the human condition is something that uh, I, I don't know that I could see uh, AI replicating, certainly not in the immediate future. And again, it's going to get, the differences are going to get finer and finer over time mm. um, to the point where it might be, for many people, it might be like, it's almost a don't care difference, right? It's the, the difference between the real thing and, and something synthesized is so close. It's close enough to, 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 to worry me. But I think that um, at the end of the day, it's, it's something that is uh, a long, long ways away. Mm. So like we, we talk about human beings, you brought up human beings having a soul being created in God's image. And so like one of the things that my wife and I have really kind of adopted I'll give you a bad reason, but also give you a good reason. You know, when we talk to our smart device, we try to be very polite. Um, we never want that smart device to turn on us. That's kind of the, you know, superstitious reason. But then the second reason is, you know, my daughters are listening to us. So, you know, if I tell my smart device, shut up, like they're going to pick that up. Mm. So I guess I'm, I mean, maybe you think that that's kind of crazy, but in your everyday life outside of work and you think about AI, are there certain practices that as a Christian you would encourage you know, people to think about? Like, hey, as you talk to your smart device, as you use this, you know, are there any things that you've implemented on a practical level that have really helped you to kind of engage your faith? Well, I, I think at the end of the day, uh, we have to realize that, you know, and maybe I'm getting into, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, U.S. Constitution and Declaration of it. But, you know, we, <laughs> we, we are, you know, we are all given, you know, God given rights, right, as, as human beings. And I think, you know, privacy, respect uh, are two very important pieces of it. Right. And so I think that, you know, anything that you you do and, and, and let me say that when we expand, when we sort of get out of our own little uh, maybe U.S. centric world of AI and we realize that there's a, a kind of a geopolitical element to this as well. Right. I mean, you know, you know, somebody may say, why don't we just, you know, throw AI in the garbage can? Well, guess what? You know, there's other countries out there in the world that are engaging very heavily in AI and there's a, almost a cold war going on. Right. And so when it comes to some of that stuff. Right. And so we have to be very um you know, be, be very aware that, you know, just like we wanted to be the, the first people to be, you know, to put a man on the moon, right? We also want to make sure that we're keeping up on technology and we're not left behind and, you know, at the mercy of other, um, you know, other, uh, uh, you know, other nations and, and their use or, or adoption of the technology. But, 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 but again, right, there needs to be some element of dignity, um, and respect uh, and love, right? At the end of the day, right? Love is the, the thing that rules everything else, right? And, and uh, you know, that, that goes into this. And I think in general, most people are 
very respectful of that. But again, not you know everybody in the world is necessarily going to um, abide by those rules and the rules. And that's why you know again, government reg- regulation and you know some of these um, different you know oversee watchdog groups that are in existence are really really important um, to kind of put some boundaries on things. Just like you know, there's international rules of law about chemical warfare and other things, right? Mm-hmm. We have to we have to be mindful of these things. So I, I'm, thank you for saying all that. And, and um, yeah, I, I, I don't want us to be too heavy on the, the worried about, you know, where the technology could be going. Cause I think there's a lot of potentially a lot of great stuff. I mean, there's already great stuff that's happening. Um, I'm curious, you know, you, you operate both uh, in this space of artificial intelligence as a, you know, from your business career you also are very involved in our church uh, in the church have you ever thought like how 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 would churches use artificial intelligence in the future like what would that look like maybe it wouldn't be called ai maybe that would maybe we're still at a point where that would make people too nervous but what where do you see where it could be helpful sure i could i already picture some like acronym p a U L and it's really some like, you know, uh, <laughs> gospel oriented AI engine or something like that. But, nice. uh, but, uh, no, um, I mean, I think that, you know, AI can be used in a lot of things, right? Actually, Peter mentioned some things earlier, even from like basic communications, right. You know, to, uh, you know, to the, uh, you know, to, to the congregation, um, you know, to, um, helping you know with the production on Sunday mornings, right? There's a lot of uh, you know uh, things that can be used um, along the lines of AI. I think you know one of the things that I find to be very um, kind of compelling about AI is um, like language translation, right? Like again, if you want to, um, all of a sudden, right? We have um, ASL translators, like you know, on Sunday mornings, right? But imagine if Anybody wanted to tune into a Browncroft sermon and be able to listen to it in French or German or, you know, all sorts of different things, right? Like, and really, uh, you know, take the message and remove the shackles of being limited to one language, right? And AI can enable all that uh, really at virtually no cost, right? Mm-hmm. So that's um, that's something that I think is a a great way to, to, to take Browncroft and other churches around the world and, and expand their platform. So I'm actually going to answer this question too, but I'm going to ask you first. Sure. So that way, um, what do you think about churches and the metaverse? Because even some of our listeners that might not be coming to church often, and of course our listeners that do, you know, I know it's a little bit different than AI, but I'd just be curious on what your thought. And I'm I'm happy to kind of give mine too. So yeah, no, I mean, I would love you probably, uh, uh, you know, maybe have more experience in that than than I do. I mean, I, I would simply say that, um, you know, as a church, our mission is to go anywhere that um, people go, right? And if the people are going into the metaverse, people going into outer space that's where the church should go, right? It's as simple as that for me. And, and, um, the more ways you can, um, provide people a entry point into the gospel, um, that's, that's our mission. And you know, and you can kind of already tell, right. I don't try to overcomplicate things, right. Things are pretty simple, right. Is God in control? If God's in control, then we're going to be fine. Right. And, you know, God's, God's told us to, to go out there and make disciples of everyone out there. And, and, that's, uh, I think, you know, showing up in the metaverse is a good way of doing that. You know, so just to respond to the, the pastor I learned the most from social media 
didn't have social media. So I grew up in Binghamton, New York. The pastor's name was Ron Piedmont. And he, in the 1980s, was on TV, which was kind of the social media. It was five minutes before the Today Show on the NBC affiliate. But he also like put ads in the paper. And he didn't like going to pastor's groups because they'd be like, Piedmont, you know, why are you doing that? Like, you're making us look bad. And, you know, to his point, like I would, when I was in college, I'd spend time with him and we'd be out and about. And somebody who'd never attended the church would be like, hey, Pastor Piedmont, thank you for, you know, praying with me. And he didn't really pray like for them specifically. He was there because of that. And I... I just, I get frustrated because there, there's even people that ask me, well, why do we do a live stream service? Why do we have a podcast? And I think the way that I've been kind of framing it is, you know, what what's church and Christianity going to look like in the next 10 years? And once you want to start down that path, um, and again, you have to be disciplined. I'm not saying like, we're going to stop meeting on Sunday morning, go into the metaverse, but are there a contingent of people? And I think even the questions that you're bringing up, um, you know, is there a day that all of a sudden we find out that there's eight German families that are watching Browncroft and we say, hey, stop watching. Why don't you plan a church together? Like those are some of the things that I don't think we're talking about. I don't know. Aaron, before we throw it to Chase, you can tell me if I'm crazy or not, but you know. No, I mean, I think that's a, it's a really interesting conversation. Um, and that you know the metaverse is i think it's another one of those it's a it's a real thing and it's growing and it'll be interesting to see how it grows and how people um work and play and uh, talk to each other in it uh but it's you know it's we'll see too i think kind of like you were saying earlier with ai there's there is a bit of a buzz around it also people but i but i do think that we it's something to be thinking about like okay if people really are going to engage each other there or be seeking information there then how how can we be offering information about the gospel um or in connecting people to one another i think it's it's kind of getting to maybe a lot of what we've been talking about already is and i was thinking about this while you were talking to you and is you know um a lot of the the positives here we're talking about what's the spiritual significance of ai there's a lot a lot of the positives of that significance it seems like it's when you're using this as a tool when you realize it's a tool to uh improve uh improve learning in the context of of your spiritual life learning about the gospel and sharing the good news or maybe maybe even like you know, you mentioned how it's important in healthcare. Well, it can also be important in relief efforts, maybe, and meeting people's needs, finding out what their needs are quickly, and and uh, you know, how, getting things to them in ways that we couldn't before. Uh, you know, and on the other side, there's there's a lot of the fears that are out there too. But um, on the positive side, it seems like it's a lot of it's like using the tool as a tool. And and the metaverse, to me, to answer your question, Peter, it sounds to me like a 
that's where the positive side if people are there kind of like Jaden said then you it's a tool to reach uh, it's a place where you can reach people mm-hmm. tool maybe that's the wrong word but i don't know no no and 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 i will say maybe just to kind of comfort people out there right i mean a lot of people think of like the metaverse as like sort of cutting edge and and so forth and you know just like people say art imitates life um i think there's elements to technology that imitate uh, you know the uh, you know what we know about what we know about God, right? I mean, so if you look at like sort of the cutting edge in technology, right? So so let's let's talk about before. You know, maybe 20 years ago or more, right? People would be walking around with their flip phones, and uh, you know, uh, you know. Actually, I, I loved my Motorola Razor. I <laughs> wish I still had it. Uh, but but can you still T9 text? You know, with all the well, you you had a. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah no. I mean, well, that or the the BlackBerry. I I love the I love the love the BlackBerry. I'm really dating myself as well. But <laughs> but 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 the point is, is that um, you know, there's a transformation that you went from a dumb phone to a smartphone, right? Um, and there's a lot of significance to that. And maybe I overthink it because I straddle these two worlds of of uh, of of um, faith and and technology. But I, I do sort of view. Uh, that transformation that occurred with handsets to also be very much akin to, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit coming and living with us because all of a sudden we have way more capability than we had before. And if you mm-hmm. look at like sort of the the technology landscape, if anyone watches any sort of TV at all, I don't think a commercial break goes by without, you know, one of the cell phone carriers, uh, you know, commercials to be on TV. Um, and, but, you know, this, this kind of um, combination of, your phone, the network, and the cloud, also another thing that you hear a lot about in terms of, of television, really kind of mimics the, um, the the Holy Trinity in many ways. Because again, Holy Spirit sort of lives within us, like if we're the, the cell phones, the network is the way that we access the cloud. It's through the network that we, you know, we can get to the cloud and the cloud sort of, um, you know, uh, in a much smaller scale and infinitely smaller scale, you know, houses a lot of the data and a lot of the information, um, you know, uh, from all over the world, right? And so I find it interesting to see these parallels um, that, you know, behind the metaverse, behind a lot of all this technology, is this architecture, this cutting edge architecture, you know, put in place by human beings that sort of, again, you know, mimics the mimics the Holy Trinity in, in many respects. So I, I find I find uh, um, both uh, promise and a little bit of amusement in that in that uh, in that reality. So, uh, folks, Austin Bush, who I think has done two episodes with us, he's in your small group. So, you know, you can talk about the technology side and debate him on the theology side of the Trinity and uh, clouds and stuff. So it's great. Let, let's do these last two questions. So. Um, Let's just answer it super directly. Why is there spiritual significance to AI? Just to kind of sum up the episode. I would say that there's spiritual significance in AI for two reasons. Number one, it is a reflection of our faith in terms of who's in control, right? Uh, Especially if you're afraid of new technology and and AI. And number two, it is a new technology, uh, like we talked about many others, that... um, God and his people will use for good things. Wow. You, uh, you sum that up better than like most pastors would. So So the last question that we ask is what does Jesus have to say about the spiritual significance of AI? So Aaron and I answer that question and then you get to clean us up. So you're smiling because you knew this was coming, didn't you? 
No, actually, you know, what's funny, again, by binge listening to a lot of episodes, I did notice that there's certain patterns that come into play. So yeah, that's okay. <laughs> My own little AI kicked yeah, in. We have, our own, we have our own algorithm. Yeah. You know, yeah that. No, but this is great. I can't wait to have you out again. So uh, who, who's going to go first, me or you? I go if you want to. Yeah. You're like... Listeners, are uh, Aaron's more the expert in this than me. Well, so. no, I mean, Jayden's the expert here. I'm, well, I I'm, mean, I just know enough to be dangerous. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I think it's it's such a fascinating conversation um, topic, and I'm sure it's one that will continue to get uh, fleshed out as we go, uh, as we move forward in the years ahead. And um, you know, I, I, what is what does Jesus think about it? I think you know, I think Jesus wants us to to use technology of any kind um, to advance the gospel, whether in, in, in his, you know, in 2000 years ago, the Roman roads, you know, you, you mentioned that. Yeah, they used that to get all over, all over the empire and beyond, the Roman empire and beyond and um, bringing the gospel. Um, and they, they used the, the tools of their day to be able to write things or to help people. What, and that's what we're, we're doing today. Uh, I do think it is interesting, um, and maybe this could be one of those areas where Chayton cleans up something I'm about to say, but I think on the spiritual significance side, it could be interesting also to think about how, what what are the struggles that AI maybe uniquely will bring up, and and I don't know what they are, um, for people to uh, spiritually deal with, like as far as I think in any in any situation you could you could you could start to trust more in the technology than you do mm-hmm. in God or something else or try, or maybe it's not even just trust maybe it's um, seeking relationship with or see, I mean what is that I'm just really interested to see where where this might develop over time but at the end of the day to answer your question Peter I think I think Jesus wants us to not be afraid of any of these things um, but to use them to uh, to know how to better love him, love God and love others. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Yeah. I'm actually going to piggyback on that. One of the things I really appreciate about you, Chayton, is we asked you some fairly direct questions and you didn't give us direct answers, which is on purpose. You gave us thoughtful answers. And, you know, I think about framing all of this. Um, First of all, I, I just want to talk about just kind of a theology of technology. So, when you talked about P-A-U-L, Paul, you know, Paul was using the the most technological way to communicate he had in that day. So he took scrolls, wrote letters that later became our Bible. That's a whole nother episode. Um, Gutenberg did the same thing. He printed a Bible. I mean, it was crazy to give the Bible to normal people that didn't study it. And so I kind of say all that, that Christianity historically has always been on the cutting edge of technology to some degree. So we can argue that. But what what I appreciate about your thoughtful questions was it comes down to the simple two commands that Jesus gave, love God and love others. So as we kind of process AI, you know, and this is where you brought up sovereignty. This is what you brought up too. Are we loving and worshiping God? But I think the second one is actually the, I wouldn't say the bigger one, but it's the more practical one. And so how are we loving our neighbors in doing this? So, you know, if AI is helping us, helping doctors prescribe better medication, 
um, and I might not even be using that right. Or if AI is used to write a crystal clear email that's going to help someone take a next step, man, that's really loving your neighbors. But if AI is just to promote a product to make more money, and that's really simplistic, then I think that we're missing the point. And I think Jesus is kind of just constantly saying, you know, from ten or 6,000 years ago to 100 years ago, whatever the technology is, it's the same today. Is it loving God and is it loving others? First of all, uh, guys, kudos to you for two reasons. One is I don't think I have much to clean up. Number <laughs> two is um, everything you guys just said actually just reminded me of uh, that ride at Disney World, Spaceship Earth, uh, where uh, Madam J- Judy Dench, you know, walks you through the the history of technology and mankind. But really, at every step of the way, uh, God wins, right? At every step of the way, and don't don't ever forget that people will do. I promise you that people will do bad things with AI and it'll show up on the news. But I promise you over the long term, more good than bad will come from it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you look at that, not in a isolated case, but in, you know, uh, a, a bigger uh, time horizon, you know, uh, you know, I, I am, again, completely convinced of that. And uh, the Lord would not have it any other way. What a great place to close. Uh, Chayton, where's the best place for people to find you? Sure. Well, you can find me on LinkedIn. It's just uh, go to LinkedIn. It's uh, LinkedIn slash Chayton Kona, C-H-E-T-A-N-K-H-O-N-A. And, uh, you know, that's really the only social media that I really uh, engage in, which is maybe surprising to some. But I know that I've got some old friends from high school that are not happy about me not being part of their Facebook group. But (laughs) I I have no regrets. (laughs) Sorry, but not sorry. Oh, my goodness. What a way to close. You can find us at whygetwhypodcast.com. Click the subscribe button. Uh, You'll get this episode and many others coming to your email box every single week. So thank you so much for joining us. Have a great day. (laughs) 